I want to turn today to just one verse of John's Gospel. In fact, it's not even all of the verse. We celebrate today the Lord Jesus being risen from the dead. The amazing thing that he is that he made statements about himself that could only ever be true once he was risen from the dead. Until he'd been to the cross, until he'd made redemption, atonement, paid for our sins, broken the power of sin and death and of the devil. He couldn't have offered himself to us in this way, but he dares to say these things before he's even gone to the cross. Here in John 14, 6, he says this, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You saw on the video earlier, uh, American chap. <laughs> so English, aren't I? An American chap. Um, saying, you know, he's the I am. He claimed to be the I am. That's very important, you see. Every time that the Lord Jesus makes an I am statement, he's taking the Old Testament name of God and applying it to himself. God, Yahweh, the I am. God revealed himself to Moses as I am who I am. And Jesus goes, I am. When the Jerusalem authorities in that day heard him, they understood that perfectly well and wanted to kill him for blasphemy, for claiming to be God or equal with God. So the words that Jesus says about himself, like Sirius Lewis once said, are either the words of a madman or the words of God. And the the is important too. Jesus never said, I am a way. One of our songs talks about he made a way, not the ones we sang today, another one. And I keep meaning to say, can we correct that? You know, he made the way. Yeah, there's only one way. He is the way, the truth, the life. He's not a way, a truth, a life. He's not an alternative or an option. One commentator says, Jesus did not claim merely to know the truth. He said he is the truth. He did not merely show the way to God. He says he is the way. See, Jesus is not just another teacher or a guru, another Muhammad, another Buddha, another whatever. Someone who's now long dead and we kind of carry on looking back at their claims or their writings. Jesus is the Son of God who having made this and other massive claims about himself went to the cross and died, was left in a tomb for three days and then rose again and was seen by many eyewitnesses. By that resurrection of the dead he has been attested, confirmed to be the Son of God, the eternal Son of God. That's the Easter message, that the eternal Son of God was laid in a tomb, but now he's alive. And he's at work. He's doing something. Jesus is the way. Just three words. The way, the truth, the life. The way. If you think about a way, like a motorway or something, it's a route between two spaces, two points, isn't it? From there to there. Jesus is the way. Well, where is the, where is the, the way from and where is, the way, where is he the way to? Slow down, Dave. Well, let me let's rattle a few off for you. Jesus is the way from sin to redemption. He's the way from death to life. He's the way from being lost to being found. He's the way from being condemned to being justified and accepted. He's the way from being without God to being with God. 
He's the way from slavery to freedom. He's the way from dishonor to dignity. He's the way from guilt to glory. He's the way from darkness to light. He's the way from earth to heaven. He's even the way from hell to heaven. That's a big way. Jesus does not just make a way and show a way. He is the way. This is where so many people mishear and misquote and deliberately misrepresent these words of Jesus. He didn't come to say, I've come to show you, lead you, whatever. He says, I am the way. You have to be in me and you have to follow me. Before followers of Jesus were called Christians in the book of Acts, they were called, guess what? Followers of the way, big W. Followers of Jesus. Those who followed the way, their way of life was following Jesus. Living like him, doing what he told them. Obeying everything that he commanded us. That was their way of life, following the way. Because Jesus is the way, this life, if it's a life of faith, is a journey, it's a walk. It's not all done in a moment. It's lived day by day. It's not Sunday by Sunday, time to time. It's all the time, every day, following the way. There is no real thing as part-time Christianity. It, that's, that's some, sorry to tell you, that's the fake version. The real thing is 24-7. Because Jesus is not a part-time saviour and a part-time Lord. He is the way. And then Jesus is the truth. The truth about what? Astrophysics? Biochemistry? Well, let me just explain something to you. He's the truth. All other truth is connected to and relative to him. Because, you see, he's the creator. So every law in the natural realm, physics, biochemistry, whatever it is, is his law. It's his design. It's the way he made it. So he is the God of all truth. Of course he is. And it used to be, back in the day, Reformation onwards, that people who were scientists or, or physicians, whatever, knew that they were investigating the works of God. They saw themselves as being no less than the theologians and that they were investigating how God had made things. How God had made the universe and the human body and plants and animals and all the rest of it. They were searching out the great works of God. Now, science has become the keystone of atheism. How are we going to deny God? Oh, we'll use our science. But since he's the Lord of all creation, all natural science connects to him. He's the Lord of the universe and all cosmology and astronomy relates to him. In fact, scripture says the heavens declare the glory of God. Do you ever stand out there when there's a you know, clear sky and you go, wow? Yes. I've stopped the car in the middle of the countryside to do that. <laughs> Got out the car and gone, wow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're supposed to, do you know why? Because that tells us something about how big and great God is. Yes. But here, Jesus is the truth in a specific and very special way. He's the truth and all the truth and nothing but the truth about God. I'll say it again. The truth, the whole truth, 
and nothing but the truth about God. He's the truth about the only way that you and God can be, ever be reconciled, which is in and through this God-man, Jesus Christ, by way of the cross. See, Jesus is not just the truth about God, he is the truth of God. So that if you want to see and observe God, you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus. Where am I going to do that? Well, the Gospels are the best place to go. Read the Gospels and say, I'm watching a man and I'm seeing God. Wow. You want to hear God? Listen to his word. Listen to Jesus and then to the rest of the Bible as well. You want to hear God? Open your Bible. Here's his words to us. You want to understand the heart of God and observe what God is like and what does he care about and is he he kind or not and is he gracious or not and is he good or not? Watch Jesus. Look at him rescuing a, a wedding that's run out of wine. Rescuing them from indignity and embarrassment. Look at him raising a woman who's been taken in in sin. Look at him dealing with people who had terrible skin diseases, leprosy and so on, and and cleansing them and pronouncing them clean. Look at the kindness and the power of Jesus. You are seeing God. Jesus said to his disciples, the one who has seen me has seen the Father. So you may not know much truth about astronomy or biology or mathematics. I never was good at mathematics, but I learned how to use a calculator and a computer, which got me through. But you need to know the truth of Jesus and the truth that is in Jesus. You need to know God in and through him, because that's the only truth that can change and save your life. Speaking of life, Jesus is the life. Every living thing has life because God breathes life into it. Your next breath is a gift from God. In the beginning was the Word, says the very first, first verse of John's Gospel. The Word is referring to Jesus, but it's before he was born of Mary, so he, he doesn't give him his human name. He gives him a, like an eternal name, the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You see, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life, he's offering himself as the one true object of faith. Don't believe and trust in anything else. Believe and trust in me. So this life is what? Well, I could have done the same thing as with the way. It's life instead of death. It's life with hope instead of hopelessness. It's life with dignity instead of dishonor. It's It's life with joy instead of pain. I'm not saying we never have troubles as Christians. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, says one verse, but out of them all the Lord delivers them. We go in and we come out. We go in and we come out because the Lord is our helper. It's life from death, life from God, with God, eternal life. Jesus defined that phrase, eternal life, so we we don't need to make up a, a, a meaning for it. He gives it to us. 
He says, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. Eternal life, and this is my definition, I've used it for years. Eternal life is life from God, life in God, life with God, live that day by day. It's really the life of God. It's the life of God in the soul of man, as one old writer put it. The life of God in the soul of man. Men and women, you understand? That's eternal life. Life now lived in the knowledge of God and the, 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 uh, the joy of God and the pleasure of knowing him and the comfort of having him as Father, Jesus as our Lord. That's eternal life. It starts now. But we only experience it hit and miss a bit in part, some light, some shadow. Do you know why? Because we're still fallen people living in a fallen world. We're surrounded by all kinds of measures of evil and sin and wickedness and they bounce us around. Do you ever feel like that? You think, my word, what is this world coming to? Well, we know where it's coming to, but we're going to be with Jesus. When this age comes to an end and when Jesus returns and raises us to everlasting life in new bodies, we will live this eternal life without blemish, without mixture, without any shadow, forever. A life of God, in God and with God, without mixture, without hindrances. Let me just spell this out a bit more. Jesus does not just give life, Jesus is the life. He does not hand out life as a gift. There you are, off you go. He is the gift. If you have him, you have life. This is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. This life is in his son. So Paul writes about himself like this. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And he wasn't talking about a Sunday experience. He was talking about that was the way he lived his life. By faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul then writes to other Christians in the church at Colossae. He's talking about setting their hearts on things that are above, things that are eternal, not just things that are temporary. And he says, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life. What a wonderful phrase. Christ, who is your life. He's everything to you. You know, people go on these, 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 these game shows, contest shows on TV. What does it mean to you to be in the contest? Oh, it means the world to me. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh dear, you're in for a downfall. Because everybody but one person is going to be disappointed, and even the person who wins in a year's time will probably be disappointed too. Yeah? If that means the world to you, you're in trouble. Jesus means the world to those who know him and love him. In fact, let me be honest, far more than the world. Because the world can go and we'll still have him. When the Messiah, Jesus, who is your life, is revealed, then you also be, will be revealed with him in glory. 
the life that we were made by God to live before we rebelled and sinned and rejected him was a life in his presence with him. We recover that life. We are restored to that life in Jesus. These things are true about Jesus, but then he makes this rider, this addition, which is, for some people, really very offensive. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's enormous, this claim. He's not only the way, the truth, the life. He's the only way, the only truth, the only life. People deny that claim for a number of reasons. They don't want Jesus to be the only way, the only truth, the only life, because they've got a religion or a set of convictions that they prefer. You're welcome to your preference. But there is truth and there is what isn't true. They say that for us to insist that Jesus is the only way and the only truth and the only life and no one comes to God but through him is intolerant and prejudiced. Well, I didn't write this. Yeah? I didn't write this. The person who did was one of the closest companions and friends of the Lord Jesus. He was an eyewitness to these things. These words were recorded by an eyewitness and have come to us by the inspiration and providence of God the Holy Spirit. We accept them as the words of Jesus himself. And so when people try to claim, well, Jesus was a good man and a good teacher, but I can't go with that stuff. Listen, he can't be your good teacher when he said this. If you deny, if you're not willing to to receive this as his word. Would you want to make him out to be some sort of, you know, Confucius? Confucius didn't go to a cross and rise again. Jesus has authority to say this. If you reject the teaching of Jesus, you are actually rejecting him. If you want a Jesus who didn't say such things, then you've got to throw away scripture and invent one of your own. But he is an invention of your own. Whatever wise words or moral values may be taught by the religions, and they, you know, they're trying to help people live a good life, many of them, they cannot bring us to God, only Jesus can. No one comes to God the Father but through him. There's no other way. Every alternative is a dead end, literally. It finishes in death. There's no other truth. Every alternative is therefore an untruth. Fake news. There is no other life. Every alternative leads to death. And those who refuse to come to Jesus will never come to God. No matter how religious they may be, I say with sadness, their religion will prove to be worthless, their rituals vain, their words empty. For without faith in Jesus, you cannot come to God. Can we run that posit- negative into a positive? Yes, we can. we can. We can do that. All who come to God through Jesus find God the Father. All who come to him come to God. He said to me, whoever comes to me, I will never turn away. That's a pretty good promise. You won't hear many like that today. He also said, everyone who trusts in me has eternal life and I'll raise them up on the last day. That's a big promise too. Well, how can he say that? Because he's done it. 
He's been to the cross, he's been to the tomb, he's risen literally from the dead. He has power to raise us from the dead and give us eternal life in the presence of God. For those of us who come in faith to Jesus, we have found that he is indeed the way, the truth and life. In coming to him, we are brought into the very embrace of God the Father. We experience the love of God. We come to know God and the love of God and the peace of God and the joy of God. We find eternal life in God. All of these things are true because of who Jesus is. And he is the same now as he was when he said it, as he was when he rose from the dead. Hebrews says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, if I trust him today, he can take care of me forever. Well, maybe you're only worried about tomorrow. We'll put tomorrow first then. Because he is eternal God. He doesn't have to change his plans. He doesn't have to change his mind. He doesn't have to say, oh, I didn't see that one coming. What are we going to do about that? That's the way we live. He doesn't. He knows how to take you through this life by giving you his life. The life of God in the soul of a man or a woman. He knows how to walk you through because he's the way. He knows how to help you to understand things and deal with things because all knowledge and truth is in him. He knows how to give you courage when you're fearful. He knows how to give you comfort when you're distressed. He knows how to help you when you mourn because all life is in him. And Jesus himself experienced all the things that we experience in life. Desertion, rejection, violence, bereavement. Jesus stood at the tomb of his dear friend Lazarus and Jesus wept. Before he raised him from the dead, he felt the grief of his friend being dead. He experienced those things so that he could be a faithful friend and leader to every one of us. He's the way, the truth, the life. Shall we pray together? Thank you, Lord Jesus. While uh, most of us have got our eyes closed, tends to be the way we pray, I want to suggest to you that you have something you need to say to the Lord Jesus today. Whatever it is, you can say it quietly now, just on your breath, out of your heart, in a whisper. You can say it to him. Maybe I'm sorry, Lord. It may be, can I come to you? Can I know you? Will you help me with this? Will you help me deal with life? Will you give me a new life? That's a great prayer. If that's the, the thing stirring in your heart now, he's listening to you. It's not about me. It's not about responding to me. It's responding to him. He makes a claim over you today that he died on the cross for your sins. He rose again so that you might have new life. You in for it. Do you want that? Then speak to him in these moments.
Jesus, I come to you. You tell me you won't turn me away. Forgive me all I've done wrong. Give me new life from now. Lord Jesus. You're the great change agent in my life. You're the one who rescues me from what I would be unless you help me. Strengthen me day by day, day after day to live your way according to your truth. Lord Jesus, we honour you and we gather our prayers and our thoughts before you right now. Whatever anyone in this room has prayed, you have heard. In your greatness, in your power, you've heard their prayer. Now in your kindness, please, would you respond to them and give them help from heaven, help through the Holy Spirit, so that they may know that you are responding to their cry, their request, you taking them seriously at their words, and you are beginning to bring about a change and a a revolution, a restoration, a rebuilding in their life of what they didn't know they'd lost until now. What it is to live a life in God, with God, for God. That isn't lonely. That isn't hopeless. That isn't without direction. We honour you, Lord Jesus. You are the way and the truth and the life. And we bless and thank your name. Amen.